I'm Neil. I'm Bo. I'm Simon. And together we are the three Peacocks. We're here to talk about all things Leeds, uh, transfers, uh, history and, and comments on the games, uh, the rumours um, and topical news re regarding all things Leeds. So we're going to come to you each week uh, on a podcast called The Three Peacocks and we're looking forward to listening to you. I want to thank all our listeners. We've got listeners from I think around 25 states in the United States now and and around uh, 15 countries in the world so thank you to everybody for listening and we'll try and make this fun and interesting and we're learning as we go we're not going to take it too seriously and we're just here to shoot the breeze and as I say talk all things Leeds. Okay, we're happy today, the Sunday after obviously the great win yesterday, coming back from 2-0 down. I think we were absolutely overjoyed with, with the result and great to see a big, big win. So, um, Sam, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on yesterday? Um, I think the first the thoughts were that, you know, we were all watching this together, you know, in, in Denver yesterday and... Uh, Despite the fact that you know, it was the same old story, go behind after four minutes, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, another goal just before half time, we missed a load of chances. Uh, you know, I was still really confident at half time that we could get back. Uh, you know, not necessarily to win, but you know, I thought there was a really good chance that we could at least get a draw. Uh, and you know that. You know, after the first 60 minutes, you know, the last 30 minutes was just, you know, heaven for us, you know, Leeds United fans, you know, getting back into the game and uh, you know, those two fantastic goals from, you know, Somerville and, you know, the, the speed of the transition for those second and third goals, you know, it takes you back to, you know, who, you know, mm. in terms of, um, you know, seeing the, you know, the, the expansiveness of the the play and, you know, the fact that, you know, Farker, you know, during that period before Ailing and um, uh, Cooper came on towards the end, you know, playing with just two recognised defenders in a 3-5-2, it was pretty outrageous. But, you know, it, it came off and, uh, you know, when it comes off, what a wonderful weekend it's been for us all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very similar. Um, I mean, I thought, going back just quickly to the team selection, um, I was surprised to see Gray start uh, at the right back position just because I think he had played uh, four games in 10 days or something like that. And this was, I mean, you know, the load that, that is already on him at such a young age. Um, that was a bit of a surprise, but I think uh, he had his hands full, but he, he played well. Um, otherwise, the team selection, um, you know, looking at it obviously in hindsight. Um, as you said, Simon, at the half, you actually asked me yesterday at the mm -hmm. half if, if I felt like we could get back into it. Um, and at the time, I said no. Um, I actually was thinking, ah, it's, it, here we go again. It's, it's Southampton um, all over again where we're so up for the match. We think we can do it, um, and then we just have a letdown. Um, and so, uh, but we kept at it. We stuck at it. Um, obviously, the goal that we have, uh, the own goal, which is created through some beautiful play. Um, and, again, um, it was just, you know, that got us back in the game. Um, and yeah, and then second, third goals come, and we just absolutely went crazy. Uh, it was a fantastic win. 
Um, and we here on the show have um, just hoped that our strikers would do and our wingers would do a better job with shooting. Um, and we've actually called out uh, not only James, but Somerville. And it was incredible to see Somerville um, put two on goal and get two incredible goals. Um, and so uh, just thought the team performance and then, yeah, and, and the, the, the courage by Farka to go uh, to five at the front, essentially, um, to play with so many strikers and so many forward-thinking players um, was just a stroke of genius. And, uh, and that got us on the front foot, and then we were rewarded with a win. So, yeah. no, I, I agree. I think just want to mention three points building. I think Somerville came of age yesterday. We can all see it. Man of the match, we don't even need to talk about that. But to take those two goals as well as he did, the confidence he had, you know, at last I think we can now trust him in front of goal and that will be great for him going forward. I, I agree that the change in formation, Bo, I think was absolutely a masterstroke going three at the back. Mm. And it also showed the confidence Farker had in the team to come back and yeah. to come back from 2-0 down and get those. Well, we got two more goals after that. Um, and um, thirdly, I think the... Um, this team now can go on and win every single game. We know that there's going to be immense confidence. It was a, probably a landmark mm. performance yesterday. And um, I think we're all looking forward to every single game as they come now. So really exciting, really exciting. And it will go down as a as a big, big win. And Norwich are not a bad team. I have to remember, they're a top five, mm. six team. But I have to say, Leeds now are a very, very good team. They've, they're starting to gel. They have gelled. And they're proving they're a good team based on that comeback yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's a huge groundswell of togetherness of, you know, amongst that squad. Yes. I don't know whether you saw that video afterwards yes, of everybody right. you know, hugging each other, you know, going out to the fans the way you know, Farker sort of held himself back. And you, know, you could just feel that, I mean, I suppose if you can't enjoy yourself after a 3-2 <laughs> win away, then you're never, you're never going to enjoy it. But you know, it didn't seem... You know, forced or false, you know, they really reveled in that, you know, that atmosphere yeah. and, you know, the adre sheer adrenaline of coming back from, you know, 3-2. And, you know, they all look really good. You know, even, you know, uh, Ailing and Cooper, you know, who are obviously, you know, supporting cast, yeah. you know, still very much part of that, you know, overall dynamic within the team. You know, so I, I think to your point, Neil, it's probably a danger, isn't it, that you think that you can win every game? Because you know, we've said consistently, mm. this is the championship. There are no gimmies. You have to be up for every game. So I, I think Farker is going to have to try and tread that line between you know, maintaining that confidence, but also ensuring that that squad doesn't get overconfident and, you know, and take things for, a little bit for granted. And I think we didn't get that balance right before Southampton and you know, we need to make sure that absolutely whether it's Stoke or Huddersfield or Rotherham you know, we're absolutely at it and everybody's ready well said yeah I agree we welcome Ben Greengrass who's designer extraordinaire so we're going to be talking to Ben about his trials and tribulations and uh, challenges and design thoughts going forward and in, uh, in the past as well so um, obviously, um, a sad weekend, Bobby Charlton passed away. I think the word legend now is overused, and he was absolutely a legend, so that's that's pretty sad. Uh, switching to more positive news, a great win for Leeds yesterday, 3-2 at Norwich. Always fun for me to win yeah. at Norwich, and Ben will talk about Norwich as well. 
Um, but been to many games at Carroll Road and very fun to win there. And Leeds, Norwich have not lost from a 2-0 lead in 56 years. So that's a huge, huge win. And we, we'll talk about the game, but transformative win. Yes, on a road back. Um, and then uh, commiserations to Bournemouth and Tyler Adams. I hear Tyler Adams is, is now out, out till May, so we hope he gets a speedy recovery. That's a joke, but um, <laughs> but Tyler's now out till May. Um, and yeah, so let me introduce Ben. So I'm really happy to have Ben with us. He'll do an introduction in a minute. But so Ben, I understand you're not from Leeds, but you're actually from Norfolk as well. So I'm not from Norfolk, but I lived there for 10 years. So uh, so yeah, tell us about yourself and what you've been up to and what you're doing today. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, you're correct. And and just by listening to my accent, you can tell I'm not a born and bred Yorkshireman. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I was actually born in, I was born in Norfolk. I wasn't born in Norwich, but I was born in Great Yarmouth. So Ooh, fairly yeah. near. Um, <laughs> and I lived there for, obviously grew up there, lived there 20 years. Um before before um finding an escape route uh when i moved up to to yorkshire so i uh, lived in york for then another 20 years and then um following that i moved to moved to the us so i'm now in new york city um so yeah so give, 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 you can divide my life into 20 year chunks i think if i feel like 20 20 years growing up in north but 20 years in yorkshire and then 20 uh well 12 years now in in new york city and I'll probably leave. I'll probably leave on my twentieth year and go somewhere else. Just keep it easy. But, but yeah. So that's kind of my my journey. Um, but uh, what? Why a Leeds fan? I, I I guess everybody's wondering. You know, sort of coming from coming from Norfolk and and um, so I, I did a little bit of research, a little bit of thinking, not research, did a little bit of thinking before this podcast. And I started sporting Leeds in nineteen seventy seven. So uh, post Revy. Clough, you know, sort of. I was, I joined, I joined the party around about the kind of the uh, Armfield Adamson uh, Jockstein years, which you know were, you know, were were a little bit, a little bit tumultuous, I guess you would say. But I kind of, I started supporting Leeds then, um, and I didn't come from a particularly sort of football fanatical family, but but um, you know, if there was anybody that supported a team in in my household, it would be the it would be even Norwich or Ipswich, I guess. So, um, but I, I think I, I became a Leeds fan now, a pure sort of um, wanting to zig when everyone else was zagging. And, and my brother was actually an Ipswich fan, and I didn't get on with my brother at all when I was younger. So, so I ended up sort of nailing me uh, colours to the Masters, a Leeds fan, and then it went from there really. So, so yeah. So I've been, you know, and, and as most people know in England, particularly once you once you support a team, that's it. Yeah. You're done for so you're not you're not changing you're not going anywhere else you're going to support that team for the rest of your life and that's kind of what i did so so yeah so i ended up um so you know, you moved to yorkshire because of leeds or was that just a coincidence no no so so you know but so like i said i grew up i i got to i got to one or two leeds games when i was younger because my dad would take me to either an ipswich game or a, a norwich game where they played leeds um, you know, and then and then as I got older and I went through art school, um, I had a choice. I had a choice to, you know, sort of where do I where do I go? Where do I study further education? And um I had three choices, right? I had like, I think in those days you would put your top three colleges down, right? And I'd and I'd uh, done my research and the best the best place in, up north for me was York. So so York was number one. I think Doncaster was number two, and I think Newcastle was a poor third. It was going to be if I couldn't get anywhere 
in Yorkshire, but luckily I got where I wanted to go and ended up moving to York um, in 1990. And that was pretty much, you know, it sounds sounds odd, but it was driven by football. It was kind of like, I'm a designer, I'm, you know, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, work in sports. I didn't know I would as much as, as I did, but then, you know, moving up to Yorkshire and being able to, to, to watch Leeds hell of a lot more was and a lot easier was, was kind of the, the aim really. Mm. Yeah. And Ben, so, so now you're in Yorkshire uh, or, you're, or you're in York uh, attending Leeds matches and then professionally too. Like I know we've talked a little bit, tell us about like what you were doing uh, in York um, what you were designing and uh, yeah. And then how you started working with uh, football clubs. Yeah. So I did. So yeah. So a couple of years, couple of years study in York uh, to, to 92, which was, as we all know, a beautiful year. So I'm, I'm coming out, I'm graduating. I'm, you know, Leeds United wise, everything's, everything's beautiful. Um, and I get my first, so I actually get my first job in, in a, in, in the university that I, I studied at. So I, I did a couple of years design there. Then I moved over to a company in Leeds, in Holbeck in Leeds, the company called uh, WPA, which uh, if you know Leeds well, and if you if you know Holbeck, yes, um, there's a beautiful old library on the corner of, I think it's Nineveh Road, right? A few people might know this, but it was actually a design company. And that's where I spent um, probably the next three years designing and and. At that point, we we did a lot of work at that at that company. We did a lot of work for Carlsberg, Tetley, um, Barnsley Building Society, different different sort of you know Yorkshire based sort of concerns, I guess, because it was pretty much a you know a Leeds Leeds company in Leeds doing work in around the area. So so I did that for three years. Then I then I moved to another company um, in in Guiseley in Leeds, and that company I stayed at for thirteen years. But but but. We'd got the contract to design, um, but at the time it was the bid for the 2006 World Cup, which um, is fitting actually you mentioned Bobby Charlton because um, earlier because um, he he was one of the one of the members of the, who was judging the bid, right? So basically when I talk about a bid, it was a it was a chance for England to host the World Cup in 2006. So there's a bunch of countries. They all have to go to FIFA. They all have to explain why they, they're the best country to, to hold it. And we created two huge, um, they're like books, like manuals of like what, you know, celebrating England and celebrating the clubs and celebrating why we should hold the World Cup. And um, then it was taken to Zurich with, by, um, I think it was Bobby Charlton, Jeff Hurst, Michael Owen. Um, mm-hmm one other person who I forget but anyway there's a party of people that went over and then presented the, the, the... just got the brown envelopes though didn't we yeah we ended up getting Germany. <laughs> Germany got it so I'd like to think it wasn't I'd like to think it wasn't anything to do with the design it was just some sort some some like suitcase full of money that got Germany <laughs> yeah yeah Brandon but suitcases <laughs> yeah so uh, and after watching a couple of documentaries since it's probably exactly what happened but but yeah but but the good thing was that that work then led to us getting the project to rebrand the football association and the England team and all the club competitions that went with it. So, so, you know, this is around about 2001 now and um, I'm designing the England crests and I'm designing the badge for the England football association. and I'm doing the typography for the shirts and all this sort of stuff, which, you know, was a, like, honestly, fucking dream come true. Like, I, I spent that, I, I think I spent a total of two and a half years on that project. Wow. Amazing. 
So, so, so talk about redesigning a badge, you know, and, and having to get the brief to redesign the England football badge. It's insane, right? Because three lines, the three lines are not going anywhere. It's what you do with the three lines, right? It's what, it's what you, what little tricks you can play and how you can craft the, the logo and you can make it more iconic and, you know, do something with it because we, we're not going to turn up with a, a totally different, you know, crest for England. That just wasn't the brief. So, you know, and I think, you know, I think a lot of clubs, particularly when they're redesigning their crests, they, you know, maybe push it a bit too far or they throw a bit too much heritage out. So sometimes you've just got to, you've just got to be careful and make sure you make the best of the icons you have and then sort of move forward with those things. Yeah. And then I know we've talked Ben, and then can you also talk about what else you've done besides the England badge? I mean, I think, you know, um, when we spoke before, there's been a uh, Celtic Rangers. And then can you talk about um, the, the signage and going to the stadiums and all of the stuff you, you did for that in, in terms of design? For England, yeah, yeah. So, so as as part of that project, um, and around about the time we were redesigning the, the the crest for England and the badges for for the football association, uh, Wembley Wembley um, was being all renovated. So, if you remember, old old Wembley became new Wembley, but there was a big period of time where it had sort of closed down. So, any England game at that point was was on the road. So, the the football association had chosen a bunch of a bunch of stadiums. To host like different games, different international games, whether they're friendlies or qualifiers or whatever. So, so the the brief here was to go to whichever state stadium was going to host the next game. To work with a company to basically measure all the all the signage, all the areas of of influence that you could put graphics, and basically just use this system that we'd created, this visual system to 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 basically embolden the whole stadium. So. So yeah, so like I'd, I'd I'd hop in my car from like York and drive to St Mary's on a morning and and go and measure it up and get all the graphics together and and you know and sort of do that all in a couple of days and uh, Billa Park and and um, Upton Park and St James's Park. So you know even Ellen Road, I think Ellen Road held one at, at that point. So it was it was just an opportunity to get around to like a ton of football stadiums and and again you know I'm thinking to myself this is this is brilliant right this is kind of you know busman's holiday when you think about when you fuse your love of soccer with your love of uh of design right so so yeah so all that coming together was pretty special um and, but that was part of that first project i told you about but then subsequently we had a brief to design um so so, so the rangers crest um you remember um i think germany did it first but but for every World Cup that Germany had won, they put a star above their logo. And I think it was Germany did it first, then Brazil followed. And then when I was working on the England stuff, we did the same. We put a little gold star above the England crest for 66. Um, and then the club started getting to it and Rangers had the brief. Because Rangers, were, I think they just won their 50th title in Scottish title. So they, they decided that they would put five stars above, one for every 10 title that they won. So the brief was, right, take the late Rangers logo and, and get, put these five stars above it, right? Which sounds like, fucking hell, that's easy, right? Anyone can do that. <laughs> Most people would say a designer, but, but at the same time, we were, we were having a, taking a very close look at the Rangers crest and crafting it and all its little sort of intricacies. If you know the crest, it's like a, I think it's like a monogrammatic sort of affair where you've got to be pretty careful. 
So we were doing that. And the brief, the guy was like, look, you can you can touch the crest, you can you can craft it, but if you fucking change it too much, you're gonna get hate, you're gonna get you're gonna get shot, right? So, <laughs> so we ended up it was like, I mean, the five stars were like there was a bigger one and in the middle and slightly smaller as it went out, and it was just nicely crafted and it sat above this 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 crest where I'd I'd played with it slightly, but I hadn't I, I deliberately hadn't gone too far with it. So I can see the difference, but like Hopefully, well, you know, I know for a fact that most fans took it on board and didn't complain about it, so that was good. Um, but weirdly, then got the project to work on some similar things with Celtic. So, you know, that's the that's the equivalent of you know Leeds <laughs> Man United. Isn't it? I, I think if I had the brief to redesign the Man United crest, I'd turn it down. Honestly, I really would. I like nah, that ain't happening. Like you know, and. You know, a lot of designers would 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 probably do it, but but not not me. No, oh, love it. Yeah, showing some uh, some integrity to to the leads. So, okay, so you've um, so now you've been working. Uh, you're working in Yorkshire, attending leads matches. I'm 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 assuming that you were a season ticket holder for a period of time. Of course, um, yeah, yeah. And then, so what uh, kind of initiates your move uh, here to the states? Yeah, so yeah, like you say, I'd, I'd um, obviously got my season ticket. I forget what year I got my season ticket, but I had it. I had it through sort of, I had it, had it through the champ, the Champions League period, and then relegation, and then relegation again. So I was like, I, had a, I was a season ticket holder for League One. Um, and, so and, and weirdly, the price yeah. never. I, I'll tell you. I don't know if you had season tickets or what you were doing, but there was, the price stayed the same from like the, the Premier League to the to the League One, which was nuts but we paid it and we went oh ken bates wasn't it yes sorry ken bates <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah yeah but you know still still paid it and still actually when i when i hear some of the prices for season tickets over here i'm like actually it was a bargain it was it was it was it was pretty bloody cheap compared to what <laughs> some of the things i'm hearing here but but i digress so so yeah so i i had a season ticket for i want to say at least at least 10 years and then I think I feel like um, I sort of hit a point in the UK where I was, you know, um, wanting to sort of do something a little bit different. wasn't quite sure what it was. At this point, the company that I was working for had, had sort of started to expand across the globe. So they they then had studios in Singapore and Melbourne, Hong Kong, you know, and 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 New York was 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 on the cards. So. When I heard this, I was a bit like, right, well, there's going to be, you know, I need a change, and and, and the easiest, well, the easiest way to shift to, to shift to a new country with the, with a similar career is to probably do it for the same company if you can. So yeah. I took the opportunity. I kind of, I, I would, uh, I would say I kind of railroaded my way into a conversation to get over to to New York and 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 ultimately become the creative director of their studio here. So. So yeah, so I did it, and that was uh, two thousand and ten, and then uh, yeah, I've been here ever since. Um, and we do let, I mean, the kind of work I do here is a lot less on the sports sports branding side. So, so I think that's why I'm sort of I rev it up a little bit with the stuff I'm doing for Leeds United Americas because you know I really want to keep keep that going. That's just a, it's just a labour of love at the end of the day. So I just want to keep that going. So. I I wanted to ask, take you back in time, and I'm sure we're going to talk about the current kits as well in a minute, but the smiley's always been the iconic badge for me, and 
I think it was designed in 73 or certainly issued in 73 with Umbro and then it went to Admiral and we go back to that time there were no replica kits in 73 you couldn't buy a kit as a kid and Admiral were the first company to actually start that um football is obviously very different very much a working man's game at that time in uh it was standing it was um it was sort of rough and tumble of, of going to Ellen Road and I guess in the country, 74, we had the strikes and we had the Labour government. I think it was Howard Wilson and England was in a mess and it was tough, right, in 74. But I think the Smiley won some design award badges. I don't know. You might know that. But what what do you think went into the Smiley? Going from that script, LUFC, to the Smiley was quite transformative. And thinking in 74 terms, it's hard to do that, but very transformative. But what, what do you think went into the design of that? And... Like, what does it mean to you that as a designer? Because you're looking at it through a different lens. I think, yeah. So, so I haven't ever really looked at. I haven't really ever dug into the actual design history of the Smiley, or or any other crest, to be honest. Like a, a full lead. So, so I'm, I'm not 100 sure. But I look at that, and obviously, early 70s, there's a certain design aesthetic, right? Sort of that people are kind of relating to, right? And I look at, you know, and, and to me, that is a very 70s-looking logo, right? Smiley, you know, sort of um, very clever because the L and the U that, that, that lock together, you know, but in a, in a, in a bubble sort of typeface that does feel evocative of that, of that moment, right? So I almost put it down to a bit of a trend, right? I feel like that was designed in a, in a moment of a trend, which, which actually, is, as a designer... That, that's a that's quite a bad thing because it dates it right so if you you ever design anything in in that moment of a of a fad or a trend then you know five years down the line it's going to look it's going to look dated and i think that's exactly what what happened with with the smiley now don't get me wrong i love the smiley i i think it's i actually have a beautifully clever idea locking the l and the u and creating this sort of this this kind of like unique iconic mark and you'll notice a lot of the a lot of the badges um, that I've done for Legion United America's um, groups have, have used the smiley because because it's so it's such an easy thing to work with, right? It's, it's almost circular. You can wrap graphics around it. You can use it as a, a focal point. You know, it's got a feel good factor, and it's sort of also you know copyright wise, you're allowed to use it because it's you know it's defunct now, so it's not like it's sort of you know anyone's going to come after you for it. So. So, so again, I think I think that was in that moment, and then you know, follow, subsequently following that, you know, there was the there was the peacock, I think. Yes, smiley, didn't it? Uh, and again, you know, so you see, that was to me then was at least an attempt to get it back to a story, to a bit of heritage, to a bit smiley. <laughs> then it went to um, post that. I think obviously the the rose, right? The the, the rose the, of the of the early nineties, and then and then. Um, I, I looked at it the other day. Actually, the current crest has been around for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, you know that to me is like insane. I'm like, I don't feel like twenty years, but I know, that, and that has the obviously the rose very small in it. But um, but yeah, that's that's been around a fair amount of time. So so yeah. So to answer your question, I think you know, I think the 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 smiley was sort of based in a moment. Whereas I think my personal opinion is crest should be shouldn't be based in moments. They should be based around a, a heritage or an idea or a history, right? They can be modernised and they can be like moved forward. But I think I think the problem that, that we've had is we've we've changed so many times. 
Yes. You know? So it's got, you know, it was like the owl, the script, the the smiley, the peacock, the rose, you know, that's that's quite a lot of change. Whereas, you know, I feel like I think of a club like good example is Arsenal, right? Arsenal were gunners. They had a gun on their crest since the year dot, right? I feel like, or I assume they have. And it seems seems like they have, and it's just kind of it's evolved, right? But it's never they've never like walked away from the from the gun, right? The gunners. So I feel like that to me was like you know we if we if we'd have had a rose early on and then stuck with it, yes. a white rose early on and stuck with it, I think that would have been our iconic mark. I, I agree. I, th- I think we've never had a true identity come through in our badge, and it should last the test of time. Right? It shouldn't be a moment in time, and it, you need and it represents the identity of the club mm. throughout the legacy and the history right as well so no good yeah. thank you <clears throat> well let's well, let's let's talk about the lead salute crest because yes. that when that thing came out and i call it a thing because it, it really upset me but <laughs> yeah, that was just like a moment in time right i get the lead salute i get you know what what it means to people but to put out a badge and you know no wonder it lasted about uh, a week or however long it lasted because it was just it was just designed in a in a in a moment of something and not like had you know granted it's yeah the salute is part of the heritage but at the same time i think i think it was a huge misstep that you know this club obviously regretted quite quickly yeah yeah completely i actually get frustrated when i when i actually still see it like on bags or on you know different things that the club sells and i'm like that was never actually a a, a true crest or a true club so just do away with it like we shouldn't see it again because it's just terrible um but yeah let me take you so now that you're you're in new york obviously you're still there um and you're heavily involved in Legion united americas and designing um for a lot of the chapters so can you um can you tell i mean you designed the one we're a, a part of Legion united colorado you designed our um logo can you talk about the different um logos that you've designed within Legion United Americas. Um, yeah, and just talk about like how you go about making those, which I feel like we have a pretty incredible iconic design with the C from from the flag. But just, yeah, talk about what kind of goes into developing those from a design standpoint. Yeah, I think, well, thinking about, we, we chatted last week, didn't we? We had a little sort of preamble last week and we talk, I talked a little bit about how, you know, how I ended up sort of, designing for these different um, groups of the Legion of Americas and really I mean when I got I think I think I've heard it on a couple of your podcasts when, when when you get to a new city or a new country you know as a Leeds fan or as a as a you know as a, a person who you know has spent a lot of time following following football in England and then you come to this new city you you instantly look for where you can watch the games don't you you know and that's sort of I think that's this that's true for a lot of people that move to the states you know, and I um, I met up with a guy called um, Wes Henstock, who um, he was, he's a designer too, right? He's a creative director. He, and he lived in, uh, he was he was part of the Leeds United, um, the New York Whites, so down at Legends. So got a good conversation going with him. In fact, actually, he'd be a really, he'd be a really good guest on this, on this podcast if you, because uh, he, he's one of the OG um, New York, New York Whites, but um, he subsequently um, packed up and went back to England. But I I sort of, you know, got, got a bit friendly with him, went to a few of the games at Legends. Um, didn't actually have a conversation about doing any design, really, for anybody at that point. And then, um, then um, I, I, so funny story, I went, to, I went to New Orleans. 
I went on a trip with a friend. Um, a friend of mine from from Leeds had come over. We'd uh, we, we we decided to have have a few days in New Orleans, so we went over there. And um, there's a guy there called uh, there's two actually. There's there's James and James and, and Ryan Reeves, who are like pretty famous in the Legion United America's world. Um, these two guys are sort of kicking off the, or they were kicking off their sort of New, or- New Orleans chapter of, of Legion United. And um, as me and my friend were in New Orleans, there was a game on. It was actually Bielsa's first game um, versus Stoke. Mm. So I met up with James. I, I went in, I went, he, 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 he found some remote remote bar in the in the middle of the swamp somewhere to go and watch this. Met up with him and, um, and he stood in the middle of the bar with his light, you know, his Thistle Hotel, Legion United, yellow and blue striped away shirt. You know, you could miss the guy and he's heckling people. And we get we get in there and we watch the game. And one thing led to another. We were just chatting and he was like, well, you know, I'm really serious about, you know, building a bit of a following in New Orleans, right? I want to make sure that, you know, anybody that comes know we're here and all this other stuff. So so I just said to him, well, look, I'll, I'll design you a, I'll design you a flag, right? I'll design you a flag and a badge for, for New Orleans. And that was the first one I actually did. So, so I based it on um, the rose design. I um, pretty simple, pretty simple. Leeds Leeds United Nola, right on the flag, Um, but it had a fleur de lis in the middle, rather than a smiley or anything. I put the fleur de lis in there, right, and fleur de Leeds as I as I called it, right, which was like on the flag. Mm. And um, so they they had this this new badge, right, which. I was pretty proud of, but it was just kind of like a, at that point, it was just like a one-off design where I'm just designing it for James and getting him, getting him rolling. Um, but then I, uh, I got a, I got a message from Mike, Mike Bellwood, who you guys have had on before, who obviously is at that point was leading the whole charge, you know, and he, he asked whether I'd, you know, be interested in designing for a few other, a few other people. And if anybody, you know, if anybody was opening a new group or if anybody wanted a, a badge for the current group, you know, I would, I would, you know, they, he would ask me to do it. And my only stipulation was really, yes, I'll, I'll do it, but I want to make sure that I, number one, number one, I had a bit of control, right? Because again, it can be pretty tricky when you've got five or six people who give you a brief and then, you know, <laughs> they can't necessarily agree on something, right? And, you know, and I, at the end of the day, as a designer, you know, I want, I have a bit of a vision for what I think all the badges for all the groups should look like, right? And how they should all look, you know, Fast forward 10 years, if I designed all the badges, they'd have a certain synergy to them. So I use that philosophy as I'm designing badges. And it's, it's pretty simple. It's keeping things really simple. Choosing one or, you know, or a couple of very simple, iconic visual things that, that connect to the to the area. And then creating a very simple badge out of it. So, so I think, you know, once he'd asked me, I said, I'll do it. But that was the number one stipulation. And the second one was that, that if any merchandise was created and there was any sort of revenue generated, it would be it would go it would go a good right. So it would go a charity or it'd go something like that. Because you know, end of the day, I I, I I'll do it hundred percent through love. But also, if it, if it's if it's helping somebody and 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 something you know good's coming out of it, then all the better. So and Mike was really into that idea, and he was obviously had a few things going on anyway that he could he could like you know channel that that kind of you know that, that thinking so so yeah so so it kind of went from there and then uh, i think the first one i did was I know my memory's a bit hazy but i think it was a uh, the bay area i did the bay area one i did the uh atlanta um then i think it was arizona then i think it was colorado you guys and then and then um 
and uh, done a bit of work with New York as well um, to to redo their 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 logo. Although that that's tricky because there is a lot of like voices there, and you know, <laughs> and, and they all they all they all have an opinion on, on on what's what. So you know, but but I know most of those guys anyway, so it's fine. It's just like a bit of banner at the moment, you know. But we're we'll you know there, there are a couple of um, different New York versions in the works. Um, and also DC. I, 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 if anyone from DC is listening, you don't know this, but I've designed you. I've already designed you something. End <laughs> <laughs> of the curve. If you want it, you can have it. But you know, it's uh, yeah. There's. A, I won't go into the reason I've already done it, but I have done it, and and it's it's there waiting. So. And and that. I mean, actually, that goes for any other group as well. If if you want, you know, if you want me to look it's at the logo. Sense, but I hope you've designed the next badge for Leeds United or you're in the process. You don't need to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I did, uh, I did. So, so when that salute crest came out, I had a visceral reaction. And like, I think like a lot of designing Leeds fans probably thought we could, I thought I could do better. So I, I actually designed the crest that, that I thought, um, would be would be would work for them, and I, I I did a whole presentation and pitch and sent it to the club, but I never heard anything back. So I, I assume that and nothing changed. So I assumed that it was uh, you know they were just sticking with what they had. But but yeah, but that again, you know, if you ask me what I think the the ultimate Leeds crest should be, it's a, it's definitely a, a white rose without a doubt. I think that's our ownable thing that we can you know our ownable. Motto, uh, emblem, if you like, that we can that we can you know hang our hat on and 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 keep it. I mean, it's still in the crest in in a in a certain way, but just make that central to everything. And and you know, I think that would that would probably you know some people might not like it, but I think it would please a lot of these fans. So you're thinking about that. You know, how do you feel about you know this year's kit? You know, the ones that you know Ed Cowburn has designed. You know, how do you feel about those? Um, yeah. So. I mean, he, as a lot of people probably know, he he was on the Square Ball podcast over four four episodes, which were fascinating for me because of you know being a designer and hearing his process and and you know the the fact that you know you've got Adidas, you've got you've got Leeds board, you've got all the people you know that are kind of having opinions and how he navigated his process. But I think what he did really well was to have a really authentic story that underpinned the whole thing so the mm. peacock you know and that can be the the old peacock ground or the peacock pub or the the old peacock crest right there's definitely there's there's that story that heritage that you can you can work with but then to really bring that into the into the kits i thought was a bit was very clever actually and i look i i love the i love the home kit you know the white kit i think that's you know, white's not going anywhere as our number one kit, hopefully. And I feel like, you know, the fact that it is really clean and, and they've got the right colours right and this embedded peacock sort of um, emblem that, that runs through the material, I love. I think that's really, really clean. Um, the second shirt I really like. I think, you know, I do like blue shirts and I think I think the way that he sort of amped that up and told a story and, and but brought a little bit more vibrancy to it, I think is... Is probably about the level that I would go. Being a you know fifty-two-year-old man, I think, I think you know, and you have you have to think about the fact that you are as a club catering to a younger generation as well, right? You know, you're you're aiming it at, at kids and you know Generation Alpha and Gen Z and all and all these things, right? So I think that's probably where that third kit was going. The um, 
the what is it the rhubarb custard kit i feel like that's where that was going and and listening to ed talk about it you know he's, he's talking about this idea of um creating something that was you totally unique and you couldn't miss right and something that you could you would you would recognize a mile away right but also this idea of peacocking and, and showing off and you know strutting and, and this kind of thing and I, yeah i got that i kind of like yeah that's a that's a pretty good story and and it's not for me like that 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 third kit is not for me and i won't buy it but but i you know i appreciate where that came from but also i do i i totally believe in this i feel like I feel like depending on how the team's doing can also depend on how the love for certain kits evolves, right? So like if uh, if Ruter scores like you know half full of goals in that in that Rubel and Custard shirt <laughs> and like we get promoted, then most people won't give a flying fuck what it what he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say, you know, in the you know, thinking about the pink and char you know, charcoal kit, you know, from the promotion season, how that's become iconic. You know, if we get promoted again this season, you know, maybe rhubarb and custard will be the same. I don't know. Yeah, Hernandez scoring against Swansea in that kit, right? Even though it wasn't officially the goal that got us promoted, I feel like every Leeds fan remembers that goal because it felt that was for me the first time I felt we're getting promoted. It. This is happening, right? This is it, right? You know, and in, and and you know, wheeling away in that shirt, and I think. I would have never bought that shirt because of the because of the pink and the grey and it, I, I don't like the design of it, but but actually it's a pretty you know it's a pretty iconic promotion season shirt. I think it was the top selling shirt or close to of all time. Maybe certainly in recent times, but maybe even of all time. That and nobody would have expected that, right? With mm. the colours. Yeah, and if that had been a season where we got relegated or a season <laughs> where we, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. no one would have cared about it, you know. And I, I go to the last. I go to the last season's away shirt. The the what is it? The tie dye. Well, both of them actually. There's the tie dye yellow one, which was the wrong yellow for a start, and also I don't know where the story of the tie dye came from. And it was just a fashion trend, right? Yeah, it was a disaster. And it, was, it was. It was. You know, for me again. You know, it was also very unlucky. I think we didn't win a lot of games in that shirt, but also if if, if at all, and also I don't know. I just feel like that. That to me. Like can be that can be um, confined to room one hundred and one forever for that shirt. But then, but then the third shirt, the black shirt. The thing I hated about that was they moved the crest in the middle. Yes, yes. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing there? That's just that's, that. You know, no other shirt has it in the middle. That's just like you just you're just trying to like you know play around and do something cool, aren't you? And it's like you know to me that just was a, both of those shirts were huge, huge. I mean, both of those shirts were the equivalent of our season, weren't they? They were literally like you know. Should have gone down the but they went down the plug hole with that season. It just shows you how hard it is to get it right because you're trying to be creative, you're trying to protect the past, you're trying to do things that are right from a design perspective. And then you've got all the generations involved, right? From the mm. kids, the genders, and then to you know the older age groups, people like like ourselves. So it's an impossible task, as you say. Well, also the other the other good point that Ed made was that he designed that because shirts take a long time to go through, right? So next season shirts are already designed. Mm. Right? We all somebody somewhere knows what next season shirts are going to be because they're already they've already been agreed and they're probably already being figured out, right? So he was designing those three shirts when Bielsa was still the manager, right? And at probably at a time when it's probably in, in this the season, uh, you know, the first season in the Premier League where you know things were things were you know rock and roll and you know. 
it was a, it was a feel good factor going on. So you know, looking at those, looking at that design at that time, you probably you got a different opinion on it, right? So, so I don't know. I think, I mean, my hope is that one day we'll end up with a a white, yellow, blue trio, you know, mm. of shirts that are all the right colours and just just beautifully designed. But you know, so anyway, if you if Leeds United's out there listening, they want me to have a crack at it. That's exactly what I would do. And I would. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, make make you're happy with that one. But you know, you're right. I mean, you, I'm looking at your wall there. You've got like two of those shirts on in frames. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, ben, ben, let me. Uh, so, are you familiar with uh, Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton at all? No. What's that? Okay. Well, so I'm going to ask you some just some quick. I'm going to surprise you by asking some quick fire questions of you, and I just think that this is uh, gives you a, gives us a little taste into you personally. So, are you ready? And we'll, we'll, yeah, bet on this. Okay. Um, ben, what is your favorite word? My favorite word, elbow. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Um, procrastination. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 oh, the noise, you know, when you swipe your ticket on the New York subway and it makes a particular noise. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, what sound yeah, or noise? What sound or noise do you hate? What sound or noise do I hate? Um, a dripping tap, like I can't, it, like or any no, any little kind of noise that, like when I'm trying to sleep and it's repetitive, I've got like I hate those things. I have to find exactly what it is and stop it. No, right, we're we're almost okay. What um, what profession other than your own would you most like to attempt? Butcher. Ah, okay. And on the converse, what profession other than you are, your own would you least like to attempt? Probably something where I have to get up really, really early, like a, like a milkman or a postman or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, this is a good one. This, this is my favorite one to ask, Ben. What is your favorite cuss word? Favorite cuss word? Um, I like to say for fuck's sake a lot. All right. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that definitely be it. That's like a, yeah, it's only got one curse word in it, but, you know. It's, 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 <laughs> Right, and yeah and then the last one is um so this always gets asked all these questions on inside the actor studio with james lipton fascinating interview it's probably like i mean this guy interviews people for like four and five hours but this is the question they always end on if god exists what would you like for him to say when you arrive at the pearly gates I loved all that. I loved all that beautiful design work you did, Ben. That was amazing. You really made your mark on the planet. And uh, yeah, thanks for that, mate. Yeah, um, thank you. Come on in. Come on yeah. in and join them. Well, ben, we could talk to you all day, in fact, probably for days. But thank you for joining us today. It's been great to hear all your stories. And we would, I think, if anybody else is listening from the Legion of Americas, reach out to Ben if you want your logo. You've heard his uh, requests, not necessarily demands, but requests of you. And he's up and ready to help you um what's and, the what's the best way to do that ben if people want to get in touch with you um probably through probably through uh facebook i'd imagine um, okay and if angus Kinnear is listening then ben is here to help design <laughs> the next badge uh integrating the history and keeping it simple and making it have longevity with a rose at the center so uh we'll do that but no we'd love to have um, maybe we'll have you back after the next kit is out as well and um just to hear about about that and see what i've booked yeah, i can do like a i could do a part a part two rent on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we will be back in the premiership we hope 
then, or the Premier League, as it's now called. So anyway, but thank you. It's really wonderful having you. And thanks for taking the time. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, have a great day. Thank you.